Well, hello, everyone. Uh, this is JB with Not By Works Ministries. It is Tuesday, January the 24th, and it is time once again for our weekly conversation with Randy. You know, we've been uh, moving this around out of necessity each week based on his schedule and my schedule as well. Uh, but I tell you, uh, we were thinking we were going to do it Wednesday, maybe even Thursday this week, but there's been so much going on. Uh, we talked last night and said, let's just let's just do it Tuesday. We need to get this uh, this information out there, and it is some uh, powerful information. So uh, I'll bring Randy on in just a moment, but I do want to uh, mention a couple of announcements and then share a, a passage of scripture or two with you as we begin our podcast today. By the way, today we're going to call this Beware the Thief. Beware the Thief, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But don't forget, tomorrow night is our live stream at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. It's our final uh, installment in the Greatness of God series, Wednesday night, 6 o'clock Mountain Time. If you're in the Denver metro area, come join us at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, 6 o'clock Mountain. If you're not, uh, wherever you may be across the country, I encourage you to tune in by live stream at 6 o'clock Mountain Time tomorrow night. You can go to notbyworks.org, click the live stream button, and you can join us. Don't forget that will be the last Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, for a while, because beginning one week from today, Tuesday, January the 31st, we are going to launch our much-anticipated Prophecy Night at Plum Creek, sponsored by NBW Ministries. That means every Tuesday night, starting next Tuesday, January 31st, we're going to dedicate an hour and a half of our time to discussing prophecy. And um, it will be live streamed for those of you that can't make it out to Plum Creek Chapel, uh, and uh, we're anticipating a great audience for that. Uh, the theme for Prophecy Night that we're going to kick off next Tuesday is going to be The Time Is Now, Why Bible Prophecy Matters Now More Than Ever. And I've been working on this actually for a couple of weeks now, and I even did some more work on it this morning, and I've come up with 15 different ways in which the stage is being set, broad categories, and each one of those has all sorts of data uh, involved with it. Uh, so, for example, we're going to talk about how the stage is being set uh, you know, in terms of uh, the economy, in terms of technology, in terms of the geopolitical uh, setup around the world, in terms of what Bi the Bible says specifically about prophecy. We're going to talk about how the stage is being set satanically, about how it's being set atmospherically and astro astronomically. I mean, we're going to talk about Apophis, that asteroid that uh, people have been talking about. You haven't heard enough about it, and I've got some new information on that from... Uh, uh, someone who has a telescope and is going to give me some inside information on that. So anyway, we're going to start that next Tuesday night, Prophecy Night at Plum Creek. The theme will be The Time Is Now, Why Bible Prophecy Matters Now More Than Ever. And it'll take us many, many weeks to get uh, to get through all of that, I'm sure. And basically, our plan is to keep talking about it till Jesus comes. And uh, hopefully that means uh, one week at the most, but uh, it'll probably be many months. And we want to prioritize uh, this concept and this discussion of prophecy for such a time as this. So I encourage you to tune in for that next Tuesday. Again, tomorrow night is uh, our final installment in the Greatness of God series, both of those at 6 uh, p.m. Mountain Time. And then I uh, also want to just mention a couple of other uh, uh, announcements before we turn to the text. Don't forget, uh, we've got a couple of big conferences coming up in Orlando. I hope you can join us for those. Both of them will be live streamed. Uh, you can check those out on the events tab at notbyworks.org or in the highlight carousel. The first one is February 18th and 19th. What is this world coming to? Sponsored by Liberty Baptist Church there in Claremont, Florida. I'll be speaking seven times over the weekend, and I know you won't want to miss that. Uh, the next one is two weeks later in Orlando. Uh, and that is sponsored by Prophecy Watchers. It's the Orlando Prophecy Summit. I'm honored to be one of 15 speakers. I'll be speaking twice at that conference. My topics will be, uh, the first one will be bloodlust, exposing the Luciferian depopulation agenda. And the second one is entitled the totalitarian tiptoe, the Luciferian plan for full-spectrum global control. So uh, I want to encourage you to uh, tune in for those. If you, They both require registration. The first one in Claremont is free, but it still requires you to register. And the second one is uh, there's a cost for the conference, whether you attend in person or live stream, but you can learn all about them at notbyworks.org. Don't forget to uh, check out our newest books at spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org, where you can learn all about 
volume one and volume two, in which I expose and outline uh, the entire Luciferian conspiracy and their agenda uh, to take over the world. And and uh, so I want to encourage you to check those out. Uh, and then finally, be sure to check out our new social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can link up to those from our main homepage at notbyworks.org. All right. I, I got to thinking this week in preparation for our conversation with Randy about the motif of, of, uh, of a thief. You know, the Bible uses that word thief in the New Testament a lot to refer to our enemy, Satan himself. In fact, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. He says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. But in that first part of that uh, that verse where he says the thief comes to steal, he uses uh, that word thief, the noun form and the verb form steal. The Greek word for the noun is kleptes. It's where we get our English word kleptomania or kleptomaniac. Uh, and uh, the verb form is klepto. And one Greek lexicon defines those words this way, a thief, one who steals by fraud or secretly. Or, of course, the verb form would be the act of stealing by fraud or secretly. Another Greek lexicon suggests the idea of cheating or lying. And I cannot think of a better word to describe Satan to a T. He is a liar. He is a cheater. He is a fraudster. He, of course, is a thief, and he is coming to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to steal our joy. He wants to steal the truth. He wants to steal our minds. He wants to steal our money with uh, uh, the Luciferian agenda to take over the economy. And so I want to just take a moment to read a little bit more of Jesus' words in John chapter 10, where we get that verse, uh, the thief comes to steal. Remember, he's talking about Satan here. Most assuredly, he says, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold or does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. Remember, later the Bible talks about how we should flee youthful lusts, and we should resist the devil, and he will flee from us. Uh, he goes on to say, they do not know the voice of strangers. Sadly, many believers today are not tuned in to the voice of the Lord. I talked about this in a recent article uh, that I wrote about knowing God, and uh, Harbinger's Daily picked that up, and I was excited about that. So it was just last week. It's still posted uh, both at Not By Works as well as at Harbinger's Daily. But uh, we need more believers who will recognize the voice of the thief and reject him. Jesus goes on to say, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. So he calls himself, you know, the door uh, and uh, and also the good shepherd. He's both. This is all about Satan versus Jesus, the son of God. Satan, remember, wants to be the king of the world. He will indwell the future antichrist who opposes and exalts himself above all and makes himself out to, to be the Christ. That's what antichrist means, false Christ and also against Christ. And uh, so Jesus here is just sort of using an extended metaphor to describe that ongoing battle and how it affects uh, unbelievers and believers alike. He goes on to say, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He again, then he says in the verse we looked at already, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy, but I come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. So Satan has a lot of hirelings out there. Uh, we call them the Luciferian elite. That's what they call themselves, actually, the Luciferians. They are his human accomplices, his human counterparts and co-conspirators that are helping him try to take over this world. And it is being rolled out rapidly. 
I find it interesting, going back to that word thief, that uh, the Bible calls Judas, who was indwelt by Satan, the same way the Antichrist will be, a thief. Remember, Jesus in John chapter 12, we read, uh, he says this, uh, we read, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead, and there they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Now listen, then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Remember that story? And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Now listen, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? And then Jesus tells us, or the Bible tells us, John, under the inspiration of the Spirit, tells us why Judas would, would say such a thing. The Bible says, this Judas said not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the money box, and he had used uh, and he used to take what was put in it. He's a thief. So all of Satan's enemies are thieves. Just a couple of days before Jesus was betrayed and uh, arrested and crucified, uh, he is in the temple and he refers to the Jewish scribes and Pharisees there and all of the money changers. Remember, he overturned the tables of the money changers. And, and he says to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of what? thieves. So you see this recurring theme, Randy, of thieves and, uh, you know, those who steal. Satan is the ultimate thief, the ultimate stealer, but he's got a lot of human agents. And boy, they are ratcheting it up right now. There is so much going on in this world with uh, Russia and Ukraine and Russia mobilizing and moving in. So uh, just can't wait to hear uh, your report today. Welcome back to the program, Randy. Always a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you very much, sir. <clears throat> We're going to start this off with a new term. For everything that is happening right now, we have a new term called polycrisis. The uh, globalists uh, brought this up and made it a word last week at their meeting. And so it, uh, it applies very well for what we're going to go over today. I have never in my 66 years seen a mess like we have developing right now. This situation is going to spiral out of control, and I'm afraid it's going to be sooner than later. So we're going to start with the interesting, fun stuff first before we get into the stuff that's going to keep everybody awake. Now, the UFOs, there have been 571 new reports of UFOs to the military. 206 of those, they have no reason, no explanation for what they were, who they were, why they were there. Now, the insiders know who they are, what they are, and they're scared spitless. They don't have any way to defend it. They have no way to protect us. And it's uh, basically space command is becoming out of control. They're dealing with Russia, China. They're dealing with the UFOs, and things are getting tense, to say the least. Um, some of the, we have talked about the chat GPT before and some of the artificial intelligence. This is where those are right now. Very interesting. The iPhone now will give, now has an app for $15.99 per use. You can talk to Hitler. You can talk to Jesus. You can <laughs> talk to Einstein. And you will get a conversation back and forth from these supposed whatever. $15.99 and you can talk to Jesus. I will tell you what, at Not By Works, we care about your pocketbook and your wallet. Uh, we'll let you talk to Jesus for $12.99. How about that? <laughs> no, of course, we can talk to Jesus for free. Unbelievable. By the way, since I interrupted you anyway, going back to the UFOs, I don't know if you saw the report today that just came out about an incredible image captured by a U.S. spy plane showing a metallic orb UFO flying over Iraq. It was included in a classified briefing video shown to American government agencies, and it's claimed that it's the first time a UFO has been filmed in an active conflict zone. So you are you are so right uh, when you talk about how the UFO, uh, you know, flap continues to intensify. Well, you know, I looked at that photo, and I'm going, it looks like a little steel ball to me. I mean, there's no idea how big it is, how far away it is, or what it's doing. You know, could it be a satellite or UFO? Who knows? But things are becoming very active. 
things are basically spiraling out of control. We talked about chat GPT two weeks ago, I believe. Well, that machine they sat down last week, it passed the medical licensing exam and it also passed the bar exam. This robot, whatever you want to call it, is becoming smarter than the humans exponentially every week. It's mm. teaching itself. It's able to answer questions. And I wonder how long it's going to be before it just basically takes over and does what it wants to do. It's, it's very interesting because I like the science part of it, but it's very scary. When you have artificial intelligence, it's not needing a handler or not needing a human to work it. How far do we let this go? Because before it becomes such a problem that we can't stop it, that really worries me. But moving right along, Pakistan, yesterday, 220 million people are in the dark. The grid went down. There were three separate areas that went down. They don't know why, they don't know how. But right now, Pakistan is looking at India as being the problem. India and Pakistan have been flashpoints for a nuclear war for the last 30 years. Um, I hope they work it out. I hope they figure it out. I think it is a false flag for what's going on, but there's no way to know yet. It's new information. All we know is there are 220 million people unable to eat, eat, or take care of themselves. So that should be a lesson added for something that could very easily happen in America. As far as the grid goes, we had one more attack over the weekend that was in North Carolina. And speaking to an individual yesterday, we have some very large mega transformers that it would take years to rebuild. And if those get hit and taken down, uh, they don't know how they're going to repair them because the parts come from our Chinese friends. And right now, I don't think the Chinese would probably be that willing to help us. You don't think, so, huh? <laughs> well, I think that would be my guess. I mean, if we just give them everything they want, they might, but otherwise it's going to get tense. On the financial scene, <clears throat> Norway is getting ready to go cashless within the month. United States is still messing around. Like my banker said, we had our um, practice session. He said it was great. We understood half of it. Then we went and made the deposit and the deposit basically disappeared. In other words, the bank no longer had control of that money. So that had to go to the Federal Reserve, to the main banks, whatever. Did, did you but, see the news yesterday? I think it was foxnews.com I saw out of Manhattan in New York City where Bank of America was uh, going to no longer provide 24-hour access to all the ATM machines. Um, yes. Now, ostensibly, they're saying that they're doing this for our own safety, you know, because, uh, you know, people were getting mugged. But of course, in my opinion, if you're in New York City and you go to the ATM machine at three o'clock in the morning, you probably deserve to get mugged. I mean, who would do that? But anyway, it's just interesting to me. I talked about this in a, C a presentation I did on central bank digital currencies a couple months ago, but they they love to to roll out restrictions on our freedom and claim that it's for our own good. And so, you know, it's our money. We should have unmitigated access to it. We should be able to get it whenever we want. And yet they say, well, you can't get it after a certain hour because we want to protect you from these bad guys, you know? So, well, the real bad guys are the globalists and the globocrats that are out there pulling the strings at Satan's behest. And so to me, it's just one more example of them tightening the noose uh, and, and trying to get control of what we own so that we're at their, you know, at their mercy. Exactly. I went to the bank last week and I had some larger bills. I wanted to get 10s and 20s and 5s. And they said, are you a member? I go, yeah. They said, otherwise, we're not going to be able to do that for you. Hmm. So I don't know if they're getting low on cash they're having on hand. I do know that if you go and ask for more than $5,000, they're going to tell you they have to bring it from the Federal Reserve and it'll be two weeks before you get it. Sure. Now, Obviously, it's the control thing, the digital thing. They're getting it all ready. They're not quite ready, but they're doing it as well as they can. I looked into the financial portion of this podcast, and America is so far in the hole, we couldn't get out now if we wanted to. Special concerns are for Medicare, 
Social Security, those that are getting welfare, EBT funds for food, etc. The Congress, in all their wisdom, has taken out $5 trillion from the Social Security Trust Fund. That means it will go broke in 2033. Now, Congress thinks, well, that's our money. It's just a loan. We don't have to pay that back. If they don't pay that back, then the Social Security um, recipients will go, starting in 2033, to 72% of what they're receiving now. So you'll go backwards instead of forwards. The Medicare trust fund has also been robbed. It um, 282 billion in the hole, and it's supposed to be broke by 2026. So in three years, they're gonna say, hey, no money. So taxes are going up, benefits are gonna be cut, whatever. Now we've talked about the Chinese and all the gold they're buying. So went on to the reserve I forget, it's a something, re, gold reserve, I forget what it's called. Anyway, it has all of the uh, gold reserves per nation. The Chinese have 3,194,083 tons of gold. Next up, we have Russia at 621,488 er, tons. Taiwan, 568,251 tons of gold. Now that makes you wonder if the Chinese don't want just the chips, but they want the gold also. That is a pretty substantial amount of money. And then we have the United States. We are way behind. We have 437,160 tons of gold in Fort Knox in the Federal Reserve, but it has not been audited. We don't know if there's a penny there or not. Out of the 147 million troy ounces of gold that we supposedly have, uh, nobody really knows. So my question is, why are we not doing a yearly audit on that to make sure we have what we have? If you recall a year ago, the German banks, uh, central bank, wanted, I forget how many billion dollars of gold, they wanted to move it from the United States to Germany. It took six months for us to round up that money. Now, if we had that in storage like we're supposed to, that should have been an immediate thing. So with them waiting that long, it makes me wonder if we have anything backing anything anymore. I'm afraid that um, um, we have no gold or very little amount. I don't believe we have near. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the, the way these people are acting it, it's as if they know something we don't, because any thinking person, when you're that many trillions in the hole, or, you know, convert that to the average household, if you're, you know, if you're hundreds of thousands of dollars in the hole, you're not going to just go out and spend like, you know, like there's no tomorrow, you're going to begin to start tightening the belt and doing normal things that thinking people do. But, but it just seems like the, the people, you know, running our country uh, are, are unrestrained as if they don't care about the fact that Medicare is going to be bankrupt in three years, or the you know Social Security is going to be bankrupt in ten years. Um, you know, it really is. I like the term that you you reminded us of that the uh, Davos men and women are using now: a poly crisis. Poly meaning many, crisis meaning you know a problem. So there are many facets to this crisis. It kind of reminds me of. Uh, the late Robin Williams and his definition of politics. He said, politics, it's it's a compound word that comes from poly, meaning many, and tick, meaning blood-sucking creature. And so that's what politicians <laughs> are, uh, you know. But uh, but yeah, poly crisis, man, that's, that's what we're seeing. But it just seems like the reaction uh, by the powers that be is, you know, nothing to see here, just move right along. Well, Everything is manufactured. You cannot believe anything you are being told by the U.S. government, any other government, the mainstream media, whatever. You know, if we listen to the shortages on eggs, lettuce, milk, you know, it seems like it's a big crisis because we don't have supply. Well, I talked to a couple of farmers and basically what the problem is the cost to the farmer has gone up considerably in the last year because of supplies. 
increase fuel to hatch the eggs, everything else. And the, the farmers wanted to raise their prices. Well, the big stores said, no, we're not going to give you any more. We're going to raise the price, but you're not getting any more. Now, a laying hen for a farmer that hatches eggs used to be a year and a half ago, six bucks. To buy one now is $25. And that's your hen that lays the eggs. So the farmer is absorbing all of this. And the reason we don't have a supply is because the farmers are losing money on each egg they supply. Hmm. Same way with the milk, same way with the cattle. I mean, Russia's put the squeeze to us financially on fertilizer, on seed, on everything else, on fuel. They're manufacturing a crisis for the food that didn't need to be there, but it's all about control. They're going to get us to eat the bugs, do whatever they want us to do, and we don't have anything to say about it, while they in turn make billions and billions and billions of dollars. Now, we're all concerned about Mr. Biden and the documents he supposedly had stored and his son probably gave to the Chinese. We find out yesterday that um, Vice President Pence also has documents at his house, mysteriously found it. We don't know how, we don't know why, but he came forward yesterday and says, hey, look at this. I have files at my house too. Now, what that tells me is they're going to, they're putting pressure on the people that we're going to run in 24, they don't like. Trump, they're going to push him out. You know, Biden, he's going down the tubes, Pence is going. So who does that leave? Well, if we take out Mr. Biden, and this, this comes from my sources. Biden is out within the next two months. He will either go peacefully or they will take him out under the 25th Amendment or whatever it takes. Kamala Harris, <clears throat> instead of taking over, she's going to mysteriously resign also. That puts Mr. McCarthy in there temporarily. And we all know he's a rhino. He doesn't know what he stands for. You can't trust him any further than you can spit him, but it looks like the two top dogs are going to be out of here in 60 days. Yeah, I mean, it's sure looking that way. They're, they're clearly turning on Biden. And what's really interesting about that, Randy, is you and I and, and uh, many other uh, pundits out there have been talking since you know the 2020 election about the fact that Biden is just a placeholder and he's probably going to be you know removed uh, when they're ready to move to the next phase of the Luciferian agenda. And of course, a lot of us thought it was going to be very quickly, probably within the first year. But uh, so far, you know, he's still in there. But it seems like the tide has turned. And even, you know, so-called liberals on this, you know, fake left-right paradigm are now, you know, turning on him. And it just... You know, I've learned through the years how to kind of decipher and uh, discern what the news is really saying, because it's never about what it's about. And my best guess, I don't have the sources that you do, but my best guess is that indeed they're they're setting the stage for him to be gone. Um, you know, Kamala is also not really who they want in their long term. So that's interesting that your sources are saying that somehow she's going to mysteriously uh, resign. She's just been a big nothing burger. Essentially, you never hear anything about her the whole the whole time they've been in office. But uh, it it uh, and then with this Pence deal, um, not really quite sure what to make of that. Of course, it all started with Trump and those documents there. But it just shows you that it isn't about conservative versus Democrat, you know, liberal, Republican versus Democrat, Trump versus all of his enemies. There is a deep state that works at the behest of the Luciferian, you know, elite who are pulling the strings, who really run things within the U.S. government. And for some reason, they're creating a narrative right now that will potentially upset the balance of power and upset really the face of power uh, in uh, in our in our government right now, don't you think? Oh, yes. I mean, the thing is, they're so blunt about it and so in your face. They used to be subtle. Now they're going for it. They're doing what they want. Nobody can stop it. It's like the freight train going down the road without an engineer. It's not going to stop until it crashes. And unfortunately, I see that happening very quickly. Um, the biggest problem on the horizon are our Russian friends. 
And I've talked to people. I've been watching video, listening to people for the last five days. So I haven't slept much. But this is where we're at. Russia has decided they are sick of NATO and they are sick of the United States. Putin will be coming out in the next few days and is supposedly going to announce a new patriotic war. It's not going to be a special limited war. This is going to be a full-fledged war. Now, there are two opinions. He's either going to issue an ultimatum to the United States and NATO, or he's just going to let her go. Now, what's concerning? In Moscow, they have been opening up their nuclear shelters faster than I've ever seen anybody act. They have put anti-aircraft batteries around the city of Moscow, on the roofs in Moscow. Uh, Putin supposedly is hiding out in one of his hideouts. The two men after him, Lavrov and Medved, both have come out and blatantly threatened nuclear war in the last five days. Now, the thing about the Russians, they will telegraph what they're doing, but they don't bluff. So evidently, they've got things planned. Now, basically, it's contingent, and we might still have a little edge here that we can work with. For some reason, Russia doesn't want tanks in the Ukraine. Now, the 14 Challenger tanks from England, that's no big deal. The Leopard tanks from Germany, you have to remember, Germany manufactured 3,500 of these. They only have 300 in their service. The rest of them are dispersed throughout the world, owned by other people. The Americans have been balking. Uh, they're going to send the M60 tank, which is the predecessor to the Abrams tank. Now, this morning, they're going, we might send Abrams tanks. Well, when I looked into it further, basically, when they got together last week, uh, there was no agreement. But uh, Boris Pistorius, who is now the defense minister for Germany, said, look, the minute you start putting your top line tanks into Ukraine, we'll do it, too. But we're not going to move until you do, because we're not going to be left out standing here naked when Russia decides who they want to attack. So with the news this morning that they're thinking about the Abrams tanks, this is what I'll say. Since Friday, I have been watching the air traffic in and out of Europe hours a day. We have had more large transport planes coming from Israel into Poland from the United States, from everywhere in NATO going to Poland, Romania, and Hungary. They evidently had quite a meeting yesterday late at night because as I was going to bed, all of a sudden the screen lit up. All of these small aircraft from Hungary, Dubai, let's see, Finland, the United States, Great Britain, France, and three or four other countries all of a sudden, they are leaving Germany. So the small aircraft would, of course, be, um, they would have their top dogs on there, whether it be politicians or military men. But they all left a little bit after seven this morning, going back to their countries. So my question is, what was the big meeting? They didn't announce it. They haven't discussed it. But something decided since Friday, and maybe that's why all the air traffic. Because you get used to all the air traffic in Europe because NATO is there and everything else. But when they start using the big uh, galaxies, the KC-135s, the 130s, they are moving heavy equipment and troops. I saw at least 100 go in and out of the country. And I'm going, they're getting ready for something, obviously. Yeah. And I pulled and up some film. Go ahead. No, no go ahead. And then I pulled up some film that show the uh, Bradley fighting vehicles that were supposedly going to ship. They're already there. Mm -hmm. I saw them on train cars at the border of Poland last night. Now, last summer, I was going into Colorado Springs. And as you go over, uh, take Academy and you go towards the east of town on the south, I saw rail car after rail car loaded with U.S. tanks. Obviously, come from Fort Carson, going to Peterson Air Base to be shipped somewhere. 
Now, I will guarantee you, these are already over there. They're ready to be used. They just haven't been moved yet. So all of this hocus pocus about, well, we don't want to do this. We're not going to ship this. It's already been done. It is already in place. There are 4,000 more soldiers from Fort Bragg going over this weekend. We have 110,000 troops, American troops there already. And it's like, we are going to push this thing until somebody flips the switch. So, so the bottom line is NATO is is really a, uh, a buzz right now. There's all kinds of meetings and and uh, other you know activity taking place, move, troop movements, uh, plane movements, ship movements, and so forth. By the way, I want to clarify for our listeners: when you said Hungary a couple times, you mean Hungary. That's another name for Hungary. I think uh, in certain parts yes, of the country, the they call it Hung- yes, yeah, Hungary. they call it Hungary, but. Uh, yes. But anyway, uh, so uh, what's really interesting to me is just just today, I, I saw this on NBC News three hours ago, it was posted um, that the hands of the doomsday clock are closer to midnight than ever before, with humanity facing a time of, quote, unprecedented danger that has increased the likelihood of a human caused apocalypse, a group of scientists announced Tuesday. That's today, January 24th. And most of our listeners know about the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, which is a nonprofit organization made up of scientists, former political leaders, and security and technology experts. And today they moved the hands of the symbolic clock 10 seconds forward to 90 seconds to midnight. And the adjustment made in response to threats from nuclear weapons, climate change, and infectious diseases like COVID is the closest the clock has been to a symbolic doom since it was created more than 75 years ago. And listen to this quote from Rachel Bronson, the president and CEO of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. She said, we are living in a time of unprecedented danger, and the doomsday clock time reflects that reality. It's a decision our experts do not take lightly. So I just think that's one more piece of the puzzle. I've been talking about the, the doomsday clock for 30 years. And I can remember when it was five minutes before midnight. Now it's 90 seconds before midnight. Now it's, it's just a, you know, a symbol. It's just a speculative, uh, you know, time marker that experts in the world uh, use to indicate how precarious and uh, unstable things are. It's not like it's, you know, definitive, but uh, it is another piece of the puzzle that should get our attention. Don't you think? Definitely. Because when you look at the activity, I thought things would maybe calm down a little bit. They would actually hold some peace talks, but no. The Netherlands is sending F-16s to Ukraine. We know that there are U.S. and NATO advisors and military in the Ukraine. Everybody knows that. They just don't want to admit it. And it's to the point where Putin knows it, their revenues knows in it, and he's going to finally do something about it. Um He's got troops that started moving over the weekend, slowly. They're moving on three fronts. They are moving from the east to the west. They are moving up from Crimea. And there are ships, amphibious ships, off the coast of Odessa that are ready to move in at any time. And then we have the Belarusian Russian forces starting to move southward. Now, they're not moving fast. They're all moving in conjunction with each other. What is really scary, they now have their um, YARS, nuclear missiles, tactical missiles, that are now placed with each group of soldiers. No longer will they have to be commanded by Putin himself. He has delegated this to the authority of the officer in charge. In other words, they get backed up, they start taking heavy losses, they're going to launch the missiles. When there are that many tactical nukes in the groups that are coming, you know he's not doing this for show. The ICBMs have now had the lid spinned off. They're ready to pop them at any time. There is a ship off of Hawaii, a Russian ship that is closely mapping all of our undersea cables over there. There's a ship off of South Carolina that we've talked about before, loaded with the Zircon missiles, hypersonic missiles. They can hit the United States in seven minutes. They're being shadowed by a British frigate. I'm sure we've probably got a submarine closely following. 
But the commander of that ship said yesterday, I can fire my missiles and you won't even know I fired. Now, what did he mean by that? Usually there's a smoke blue, there's fire. But he said, you won't even see them. You won't even know until they hit the Poseidon, the Belgorod uh, submarine is now moving out into the Atlantic. That's the one with the Poseidon 100 megaton um, weapons on them. It is loaded with 13 torpedoes, all of which can be fired independently, all at 100 megaton, which will be twice the size of any atomic device ever utilized. And that's theirs or ours? That's theirs. Yeah. We, we have nothing to defend against this. We have nothing similar. Our uh, four submarines that carry our nuclear missiles um, basically all have one four, uh, one warhead instead of three. And we left eight of them parked in Georgia at the base for some reason. Now, if we were at the level of hostilities we're at, I would have put all 12 of those in the water now. Get them placed, get them ready. The, the Russians are ready to move. The Satan missiles, the ones they've been talking about, are now ready for launch. All they have to do is give the order, and this thing is over. Putin is obviously not joking around anymore. He's not going to do all of this to stage it, to make us think twice. He is ready to move. Now, there's a rumor that Putin's no longer in control. He could be dead, not in control. But for the sake of the world, I hope he's still there because the people that will replace him will make him look like a saint. They are ruthless. They are cutthroat. And they hate the West more than Putin ever thought about hating. Now, so, the, the stuff that you are describing here uh, makes it seem like uh, that we are very vulnerable uh, what do you say to the people out there? Because I get this a lot in email uh, to, that say, you know, America is the mightiest nation in the world. You know, we can easily defend ourselves against Russia or China. This is all much ado about nothing. Um, I mean, I'm not hearing that from from the sources that I have and certainly not from you and your sources. I'm hearing just the opposite, that our military is vastly understaffed. It's diminished. It's our weaponry is diminished. We've really are ill prepared for any type of global conflict that's a mili military that's a military conflict. Uh, and certainly if China and Russia uh, you know come together, uh, you know, we are really in dire straits. And you know, some experts talk about how China is not quite ready to go all in with World War III, but that's the goal. And you know, we know from their own internal writings that the Luciferians have been pushing for World War III and planning on it for decades, for since for 100 years or more. And so this is the plan. Doesn't mean it's going to happen because God's in control and we don't know what God's will is. But certainly if the Lord tarries is coming, you know, and time goes on, it seems like in very short order, we could be, in, be involved in such a, a military a conflict. So what, what would you say to the people who you who claim that you know maybe we are underestimating the strength and power of the United States military. The first thing I would say is they need to change their medication, <laughs> and they need to change that fairly soon. Uh, the United States has not been involved in a real war since Vietnam. You could look at Desert Storm. We could look at any of this. It was a coalition of the willing. It wasn't the United States versus somebody. NATO. I mean, if Russia, if Germany's got 300 tanks, they really don't have a military. The French have ammunition for four days. At their meeting last week, they were discussing this. We do not have the manpower. We do not have the ammunition. We do not have the tanks, anything to fight a war. Our B-2 bombers are still grounded. A bunch of the F-35s are still grounded. That leaves the old B-52, which it can lumber on down the trip, get to the edge of where it's going, fire some missiles, and return. That's great. Got a few B-1 bombers that are available, but they've all been changed to conventional weapons. They are not nuclear weapons anymore. So here's the problem. We gave all of our ammunition 
we gave it all to the Ukraine. We are down to a an amount that we could not process a war on the ground for more than a few days. Um, we have bases all over the world. South Korea, 28,000. Japan, 18,000. We are so dispersed in so many different places. We, we can muster the aircraft. We could get the Navy together, but we have no ground forces to fight a conventional war. It's not going to happen. Russia knows that. Our military geniuses know that. And if you listen to what Millie says, Millie doesn't want, and he is the uh, chief, joint chiefs of staff, he doesn't want a ground war in Ukraine because he knows we can't fight it. We don't have the manpower. Yeah. Well, they they don't they don't call him willy nilly milly for nothing. Um, but, you know, makes me wonder if this. Uh, by the way, you cracked me up with that statement about first thing I would tell them is they need to change their medication. If our listeners could have seen the, the, the view here, I had to mute my microphone and practically fell out of my chair laughing. But anyway, um, here's a thought for you. Is all of this coverage of the classified documents with Trump and Biden and now Pence, is that just a distraction? Because you know, as I listen to this and, you know, I've got other sources that I turn to as well besides you. And a lot of the, some of the stuff is the same as what you use. And it seems like that this ought to be front page news on Fox News, CNN and all the other outlets. And yet, I mean, this is important. I mean, these are major developments, major happenings. It seems like we ought to all be paying attention. And yet the media is out there covering, you know, uh, just stuff that seems to be far less significant. Well, we know that the media is controlled. I get it. I mean, I, I kind of, I know the answer to my own question, but why isn't this, you know, information and, and, and these uh, happenings more important, seen as more important to people? Why are people just asleep at the wheel on all this? Well, remember, we talked about the FDIC, the CBDC, and how we don't have the funds for the money in the banks. If the American people were told we are now at DEFCON 2 instead of 5, the ones that understood it would panic because only twice in our history have we been at DEFCON 2. That was during, during the Cuban Missile Crisis and on 9-11. If we were to come out, if the mainstream media was to come out and say, look, we are on the border, the threshold of a nuclear war with Russia, there would be a run on the banks. That would take the banking system down. We'd be in a depression. Yeah. They would take everything from the grocery shelves. They would have every drop of gas in their vehicle. This country would be mayhem. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that when I was on the fire department, they told us in the event of a nuclear emergency, we probably are not going to warn you because of the mayhem that would develop because of it. It would be total chaos. I'm thinking they're downplaying it. They've shut down the media sources. But don't be surprised if it comes up some Friday afternoon in the very near future and everybody's going to go bananas. Or go, we got to go get money. We got to get this. Well, the banks will be closed. Right. Either that or ATMs will have very little money in it. Uh, don't be surprised if a cyber attack takes down the grid. You can't get gas, you can't get food, you can't move out of your house. The government does not want us out and about if there's an emergency like this going on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so it's a distraction, but it's a controlled, intentional distraction. And by the way, I would not wait until Friday uh, for me, for the life of me. I can't figure out why anybody would keep any excess money in a bank today. You get next to zero interest. Uh, it's more insecure. It's more of a problem. You can't reach it. You can't get a hold of it. You can't touch it. You're better off keeping your money in a mattress than giving control of it to the central banks, which control all of these uh, these banks. I just, I don't understand the upside uh, there, but you're right. If, if there is a crisis, and by the way, it doesn't have to be war. It could be a, a natural disaster of some kind, or it could be an intentionally created natural disaster with the geoengineering. It could be an EMP. It could be a virus rollout. It could be, you know, economic crash. I mean, who knows what it is? Uh, at that point, it's going to be too late to get what you need 
uh, you know, to, to survive and to be prepared. Tomorrow on our podcast, I've got a guest on that I'm really excited about, Maggie Witherby, and uh, she's going to talk about some things we can do for preparedness. Uh, she's with Elbert County Stands Up. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, today's the day, I think, to, you know, plan ahead, not not Friday or whatever, whenever the proverbial day is that they close the banks, don't you think? Well, if I was going to, if I was going to tell people what to do right now, I would say do it today. Do it as soon as you can, because we know things are happening. We know they're going to happen in quick succession. And the problem is, if the grid's taken down, if our phones go out, we will be helpless. We will not know what's going on. And I guarantee you the emergency broadcast system isn't going to be available. It takes electricity. They're not going to let you know. All of a sudden, you wake up some morning and you can't open your garage. You can't turn on a stove or an oven. The time to wait is over. If I could say one thing, I would press upon everybody. You and your friends get a head start. Because when this mayhem starts... It is going to be chaos that this country has never seen before. You're going to be dealing with people that act like they do after a natural disaster. They don't care about anybody else. When I was down at Hurricane Katrina, you were limited to 10 gallons of gas per stop. I pulled up behind a couple of uh, gentlemen from out in the bayou. One stood up on top of the truck with an AR-15. The other one loaded fuel into their very large tank on their pickup. And I noticed that they didn't worry about the 10 gallon. It went <laughs> and it went till it was filled. So people will become animals. Yeah. And once they're scared, once they're hungry, then you are on your own. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the time do it now. Yeah, do it now. It's now's the time to prepare. And by the way, I want to interject here. You know, this isn't about fear. You know, we have nothing to gain from talking about this stuff. Uh, you know, we just believe in being prepared. I'm going to talk about that on tomorrow's podcast with Maggie. But, you know, the Bible is clear that those who see trouble coming should prepare for it. And uh, we don't have a crystal ball. You know, even your sources, they're not infallible. You know, they talk about Biden being gone in two months. That's very possible. It sure looks like it's, you know, they're heading that direction. But who knows what their sources are saying? They may be being, you know, fed misinformation, or they may be, you know, speculating, but off by a little time. So we're not setting dates or saying, woe is me, the world is coming to an end. But we are saying, woe is me, the world is coming to an end. It sure looks like it. And you need to, you need to be ready for it. I mean, uh, Jesus told the disciples when their world was about to come to an end, because their leader, their savior was about to be crucified. Uh, he said, look, you know, uh, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Uh, and I'm telling you these things so that you may have peace in the world. You'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. So we know that all of these things that are potentially happening soon are simply setting the stage for the end of this age and uh, the shifting of gears into the end times uh, for God's plan of the ages. So it's an exciting time uh, to be alive. I mean, when you think about all that's culminating in this cosmic struggle between God and Satan, but it's definitely not a time to stick your head in the sand and uh, and ignore it. So, yeah, I, I really think there, you know, people need to be intentional. Um, you know, not not suggesting that something's going to happen tomorrow, but but we are suggesting that something very well could happen tomorrow. So today's the day to really think seriously, gather your family around, talk about different contingencies. You know, have a uh, a bug out plan if you need to. Have a hunker down plan if you need to. Have a you know alternative means of communication. Have rendezvous points. Make sure you've got an inventory of the stuff you're going to need to, you know, to eat and drink and 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 for survival. Um, it's just uh, you know life is valuable. By the way, I encourage folks to go back and listen to my message from uh, Sunday on life is sacred. And uh, it's a message the Lord really put on my heart and, uh, and just really kind of laid it all out there biblically about why we should never, uh, you know, kill an innocent life or give up. Uh, we, we have a job to do. And even though times are tough, we need to dig in and, and be ready to, to fight the battle even more uh, than ever. So 
so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, some, some pretty heady stuff that we're talking about here, but it's not because we're just fear mongering. We just believe what the Bible says. We look at what's happening in the world and we see the connection. You know, if it was only one source that was reporting all of this, I'd kind of go, yeah, whatever, not a believer. But there are more coming out every day. Fox News even mentioned today that there is something going on in Russia, how things are changing. All I can say is I look to the Bible. I look at the Gog Magog war. I look at the players. They are now, except for Turkey, they are joined together. Turkey is fighting. They're not going to let Sweden into NATO. They're fighting the U.S. They are fighting Greece. Pretty soon, we're going to all ask them to go bye-bye. Soon as they do, they're going to get right to the Russian side, and that will be the linchpin to show you that things are ready to go. Because if we want to look at it biblically, I believe the Gog-Magog war, we've talked about Apophis, that all of that before, you know, if the true impact date is April 13th, 2029, start counting backwards. Mm -hmm. And you will see that we are near the end. And we, you know, you don't want to be fatalistic. You don't want to be a fear monger. But there's sometimes you got to set the pencil down and go, I think we're where we're at. Yeah, I mean, the, we're the watchman on the wall. Anybody that believes the Bible and handles it correctly, rightly divides the word of God, understands God's plan of the ages, understands the future for national Israel, understands the purpose of the church, understands that salvation is by grace through faith alone. Anybody who understands God's word ought to be acting like a watchman right now and you know, sounding uh, the alarm. I want to go back to Turkey for a second. Do you think that we or NATO can count on Turkey in any developing conflict? I look at it like this. Right now, Turkey's still a member of NATO. I saw that they sent some drones to Ukraine. The thing is, those drones are worthless. They can pick them out of the air with a shotgun. So I'm going, they didn't put their whole heart in there. But I, Russia and Turkey are developing a much closer relationship as they are with China, as they are with Iran and everybody else. I think once Russia gets through the Ukraine, starts coming down the east and the west, the Turks are going to go, hey, NATO's not doing us any good. They're going to want to survive. They're closer to Russia than what, the, what we think they are. I think they're going to hook up with Russia just to preserve their country. Yeah, it's uh, that. That's kind of what I think. Uh, you're, that's why I kind of mentioned earlier that I think you know uh, NATO is is fractured in some to some extent. We we've always well since you know the the end of World War II we've we've really kind of fallen back on this concept of NATO and being invincible. Uh, you know, the U.S. being the world's only superpower, the mightiest superpower, and all that. But I think the reality is that this world has changed. It's changed rapidly. And it saddens me to see how quickly, you know, our military has gone woke. Uh, and of course, the whole vaccine uh, issue where they were getting rid of good patriotic men and women, uh, you know, because they refused to take the gene altering bio injection that we now know is killing people right and left. Uh, then they, you know, they were, they started allowing uh, all kinds of LGBTQ, uh, uh, you know, privileges and so forth. So that saddens me because, you know, I can remember even as a boy during the Cold War thinking, you know what, uh, you know, we're 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 okay, we're strong. You know, the Cold War existed because the rest of the world was afraid of us in, in some respects. I mean, it was it was both. It was you know mutually assured destruction, but still there was a sense that, you know, we're in this right now. I just feel like. We're we're like a wheel spinning off its axis. We're not really prepared for what's coming. And you know, as far as the, the Gog Magog war, just for in case our listeners aren't aware, but Ezekiel uh, thirty eight and thirty nine talk about this ensuing battle, which I believe will take place uh, after the rapture of the church, prior to Daniel's seventieth week, that final seven year tribulation period. And I believe it's that battle that ends up. Uh, having, you know, propelling the Antichrist to world fame. But, you know, if you go back to Ezekiel 38 and the first few verses there, first five or six verses, you see the nations that will be a part of that battle. Basically, it's a northern alliance 
that comes against uh, you know Israel, and you know you you map it out on a on a map, and you see you know they're going right through Turkey, right through Syria, and right into Israel, and it's it's these countries that the Bible lists uh, that will be involved in it: Iran, Sudan, Libya, Turkey, Syria, and you know we haven't talked much today about Iran or North Korea and some of those others, but you know there's a there's a coalition forming that is ripped from the pages of scripture, uh, if you ask me. Well, I will be a patriot till the day I die. I love my country, but I fear my government. Hmm. We used to be the good guys. Now we are the meddlers in everybody's business, whether we know the history, whether we know what it's all about. We have called more, we have caused more dissension and more wars in the last 50 years than the Catholic Church has in its entire history. Mm, mm. And for those that think that we can do no wrong, it's time to sit back, look where we're going, look at the woke society, look at the way we are treating our citizens, getting rid of our rights and go, there is something wrong. I don't think there's time to change it. I don't think Jesus is gonna pause and say, I'm gonna give you another chance. I think our chances are over. I think things are moving in the direction prophesied in the Bible, Bible, and I don't think it's going to change. I really don't. Yeah, it it certainly seems that way. And you know, again, uh, for believers, it is uh, both an exciting time as well as a tense time because you know we live in a we live in a time, space, and matter environment. We live in the world. We live in a place where pain exists and money is needed to su- supply your family. You know, we live in this world, and so of course we can't just blithely act like you know none of this matters. It matters, and 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 we ought to take it to the Lord, and we ought to get on our knees, and we ought to trust Him. But you know, God's people throughout. The ages, and particularly the church, the last two thousand years have faced plenty of times when they've really had to to be on their knees and trust God to provide. And you know they've been attacked, they've been persecuted, they've been martyred, uh, and and we've been largely shielded from that in America. We haven't talked much about the rise in Christian persecution in America, but it's coming. You better believe it's coming. It's already here, but I mean, actual bloodshed is coming because you know they hate. Uh, Israel, they hate the Jews. I'm talking about the Luciferian co-conspirators here. Uh, they hate Christians because uh, you know they hate God. <laughs> and you know, Jews, even if they haven't believed the gospel, they you know certainly worship Yahweh. And uh, and of course, the Satanists hate God. Christians worship Jesus, the Son of God, and they hate Jesus. And so they are doing everything they can at every level to you know, stir up things. And as far as at the spiritual level with the Holy Spirit, you've got this unseen battle that Paul talks about in Ephesians and that we see on the rise. I talk about it in Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, the whole rise of phenomena and paranormal. We, we see all kinds of things happening in the unseen realm. So uh, it's a, it's a full-fledged, full-spectrum uh, battle, and uh, Christians, you know, need to stop acting like— uh, you know, nothing's going on. Um, it's it's a great last day's deception. I talked about that, you know, more than 10 years ago now in my in my book by that title. So um, I just encourage believers to, you know, stay tuned in, uh, most of all, to the Word of God. And then secondly, to stay tuned in to Bible teaching ministries like NBW ministry. Uh, we may not be perfect. We may not always get it right in terms of our attempt to analyze and provide commentary on current events. But we're certainly doing our best to run everything through the lens of Scripture and uh, give you a reason for hope. The rapture of the church is called the blessed hope, and uh, it is a hope for us. Um, Not that we're guaranteed to be rescued before things get bad. They're already bad and getting worse. Uh, But we are promised that we will be rescued before the 70th week of Daniel, that final great and terrible day of the Lord's wrath. And uh, and and we ought to be, you know, looking heavenward and uh, and and expectantly, eagerly awaiting the Lord's return, while at the same time, uh, correctly analyzing and navigating all of the things that are happening uh, in the world around us. So, uh, uh, any closing thoughts, uh, uh, Randy? The only thing I would say is I believe we are entering the darkest times that mankind has ever known. 
So you better be right with the Lord. You better have a great relationship because hopefully he's going to pull us out of here because I don't believe, I don't believe we have long left as Christians. Yeah, I I can't help but think the same thing. You know, last week on our podcast, we we titled it uh, "Called Out of Darkness into Light," and and we talked about that darkness motif that you know it, it really represents all that Satan is and his plan. And I I agree. You know, that's why the subtitle of my two volume series uh, that just came out, "Spirit of the Antichrist," is the gathering cloud of deception. I don't think that these clouds are going to dissipate, and we're going to see a you know, a bright, new, sunny, cheery day until Jesus Christ himself comes back and takes the throne. That's not pessimism. That's biblical realism. And uh, so I just want to encourage folks to stay tuned in. Please go to our website at notbyworks.org and check out uh, all of our free videos, hundreds of them, uh, including some of the ones we've done recently at conferences. Please also check out our events page and some of the events that are upcoming. If we're in your neck of the woods, you know, we're going to be coast to coast between now and the summer. We'll be in the Pacific Northwest. We'll be in uh, the East Coast in Florida. Uh, We've got some stuff in Montana. Uh, I can't even remember it all, but uh, uh, check it out and and, and be sure and keep in touch with that. Most of them will be live streamed as well. Uh, and I also want to make a quick comment about our videos. We've gotten uh, an email recently, a couple actually over the last few weeks from folks uh, commenting that when they go to watch our videos, which are embedded from uh, Rumble, by the way, you know, every ministry has to embed their videos, has to host their videos somewhere. I mean, it's it's cost prohibitive to have a large enough server to actually host all your own videos. That's why people use YouTube or Rumble or BitChute or Vimeo or some of those others. Well, when you do that and then you embed them on your ministry website, you know, they use uh, algorithms to show ads based on the cookies on your individual device or computer. So every now and then you'll you'll watch a video at Not By Works Ministries and it'll have an ad for something. Well, that ha- we have no control over that. All you have to do is just push the skip button and it'll get you right to uh, your videos. I do that all the time on all the videos that I watch from different sources and ministries. You know, I, I click on a link and I want to watch a video and they show this annoying five minute ad and you have to just either wait till it's done or then skip skip it. Uh, Well, you can do that too on our videos. So this isn't something that we're trying to sell you. We don't have any ads. We don't pay for advertising. We depend solely on uh, contributions from our uh, people that follow our ministry and from uh, resource sales and some of those uh, types of things, books and DVDs. So anyway, I just want to put that out there in case some of you were wondering. It seems like there's more and more of that uh, today. Uh, But again, that's some factor of rumble or uh, not anything to do with Not By Works Ministries. Well, Randy, thanks again for being with us today. It's always a pleasure. Um, and, you know, if if things uh, heat up very quickly, don't ever hesitate to to ping me and say, hey, let's get on the air. We don't have to wait till next week. But uh, uh, assuming that uh, we are here next week, we will plan on uh, connecting once again and, and talking uh, about all that's going on in the world for our viewers. You bet. All right. God bless everyone. Have a great rest of the week and we will see you next time. Don't forget to tomorrow, my podcast with Maggie on preparedness. And then tomorrow night is our live stream from Plum Creek Chapel at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And don't forget the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Beware the thief. Satan is really doing a lot to blind men's hearts to the gospel and blind us to reality. So be aware of the thief. God bless everyone.